feel like the story that we all hear or want to hear is like, and then I got featured here and then I made a million dollars. Like, I think I was waiting for that moment. And it was really just like a million different little moments. Like this feature here, I was on this podcast and somebody heard me and asked me to do this and connected here and here. You know, it was just consistently showing up, doing the work, very organic growth. You're listening to Consider the Wildflowers, the podcast, episode 23. Our paths crossed one fateful January day in 2015 with the picture-perfect setting that is Grove Park Inn in Asheville, North Carolina. It was the second goal-setting annual planning conference I hosted, and 30 ladies from around the country came together to talk about dreams, goals, and making intentional plans for the year ahead. A process I've now guided hundreds, if not thousands, of entrepreneurs through using my guided goal-setting program called My Blueprint Year. Today's guest, Hillary, came as an attendee back in 2015 and left as a dear friend. Now, seven years later, almost to the day, and 11 years into her art business, Hillary is sharing the journey of growing a business through recessions, ebbs and flows in the economy, the rise and fall and rise again of marketing strategies such as Facebook and Instagram, and all the shifts, pivots, and get creative moments that come with keeping a thriving business thriving for the long haul. Our chat today is not all that uncommon, honestly, for our friendship, but this time we turned on the cameras and the mics and captured it for you. Meet Hillary Butler. If you dig professional bios, here goes. Hillary is a semi-abstract painter who has been filling walls with the elevated color soirees since 2011. She's a podcast junkie, lover of long dinners with good friends, and Sunday afternoons with a good book. She and her husband live in Memphis, Tennessee, and have two frenetic redheaded boys who keep them on their toes and make life really exciting. She is honored to have work featured on ABC's hit show Nashville and has had the opportunity to show at Agora Gallery in New York. Several hit blogs have featured some HB work. Among those are Better Homes and Gardens, Domino, and Design Love Fest. Okay, formal introductions over. Welcome to the HBSS Coffee Hour. Let's dig in. Hey, it's Shanna, and this is Consider the Wildflowers, the podcast. For the past 15 plus years, I've had the honor to hear thousands of stories from entrepreneurs around the world. As a former Fortune 100 financial advisor turned business consultant, I have a unique opportunity to see the real behind the highlight reel. I'm talking profit and loss statements, unpaid taxes, moments of burnout, and those of utter victory. Or as my husband says, the content everyone is wondering, but not many are talking about. And now I'm bringing these private conversations to you. Hear the untold stories of how industry leaders, founders, and -and up-and-coming entrepreneurs got their start, the experiences that shaped them, and the journey to building the brands they have today. Stories that will inspire and reignite, encourage to redefine success, and build a life and business on your own terms. Welcome, Wildflower. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, Hillary, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. It's been fun. Thanks for asking me. Appreciate it, friend. Good to see your face. It's good to see your face. And I have on these a giant headphones. So you look like Leia, Princess Leia. I feel like Princess Leia. I really do. Like a modern yeah. Carrie Fisher. Pretty. Yeah. I mean, no big deal. Hey, how's business going? Girl, it has been a weird year with the recession. Last year was like boom year. Best year ever. I was on top of the world. I was like, yes. And then. <laughs> January rolled around and it was just like quiet. And I was like, it's January, February, March. And it's just been really weird sales wise. Like I've met my like need numbers, which is praise the Lord. Great. But definitely not been like, like, you know, toe touching years. 
toe touching, you know, this is one year, toe touching year of the 22, like financially. But other than that, like financially, it's weird, but like I've been doing some really, really fun new stuff, which has been really exciting. And so it was just been a fun year for me to like play. Like the creative side has been super, super, super fun, which is always great. Like when you're slower, it just gives you time to play more. And also like it's been super, super good for me because it's made me really stop and evaluate business model and start to make some changes and some pivots that I've wanted to do for a while. Yeah. And I'm really, really excited about that. Okay. I'm really excited to hear more of this story because what year, how long have you been in business, Hillary? 11 years. Yeah. I just feel like there's something in that 10, 11 year. Well, plus, yes, I think I've been hearing a lot from people and for anyone listening, I think people are starting to feel the effects of the economy. Uh That's real life. So that plus the, I'm excited to hear more of how you are adjusting Uh in this season and what new ideas you have. But first, I want you to take it back all the way back. Tell everybody who you are, what you do, mm-hmm. and kind of your start in business. Well, I'm Hillary Butler. I'm an artist. I am, I call myself a semi-abstract painter because sometimes I do representational work and sometimes it's purely abstract. And I like the freedom that that title gives me. Um, okay, yeah. so take it all the way back. August 12th, 1984. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 84 strong. That's right. (laughs) It was a good year. A real good year. So I would say, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to go back in a way because I've always had an artist brain, artist heart. I remember pictures. (laughs) So this is just so ridiculous. I remember pictures from elementary that I would draw and I would stare at and be like, this is the greatest bowl of grapes in the whole world. (laughs) So full of myself. (laughs) And looking back, it's like, no, no, honey, no, you just like, you just really liked that Crayola purple. And so like always was always drawing. I was painting. I remember one of my favorite summers, my mom got me and my sister these desks and she filled them with art supplies. And like, I remember spending the whole summer in my den, just like drawing and coloring. So fun. And then like, as I grew up, I always envisioned myself in like a creative job. Like I thought it was going to be like interior design. I was a weird kid who like always decorated their room, but not like teenager cute. It was like, like I wanted to just look like a magazine for like an adult room and it's just, it's funny looking back, but my parents were always so encouraging. They let us paint our rooms, whatever color we wanted. Like we had total freedom with that. It was super, super fun. And I didn't realize that I got older, that that was not like a normal thing that a lot of parents do. But then I didn't have like dumb posters and it was, it was weird. But then fast forward. Did you have boy band posters? No, Shanna. No, I had magazine cutouts from like Victoria magazine of like beautiful flowers. It was so. Beyond your time. I was so ahead of my time. Yeah. It's like, a, it's kind of an old soul. Anyway, fast forward, I did all the art classes that I could and like started, like even in high school, I made money like doing portraits for people and pay for trips that way. It was, it was great. My parents moved. They actually gave me a studio. We moved to this like big funky house and we went from this like tiny, tiny house, like this big house and there's an extra room. And they, instead of, that were so sweet. Like they could have used it for themselves. They were like, yeah, use it for a studio. Again, not realizing that's not normal. And so, like, I just envisioned all these careers for myself. Like, I was going to be, like, a stationary designer or, like, I just was, again, so far in the future. 
And then went to college and I was like, duh, of course I'm going to be an art major and started off. And then I got like burned out when I was 18. It was so stupid. I was tired of being covered in charcoal and I wanted to look cute like other people. Like the worst reasons that anyone should ever change a major. It was so stupid. And then I switched over to English and art history, which I loved, but didn't finish out my art degree. Graduated, got a job as an English teacher. I lost it till Thanksgiving. And then I was like, what am I going to do with my life? David and I were getting married. And I just took any job that came my way. And it was like this admin assistant in a tech firm. And it was like soul crushing, like climb the walls, claw your eyeballs out. Terrible. So I was like looking for a new job, looking for a new job. And then 2008 hits, economy crashes. I try everything, cannot find a new job. Go back, get a graphic design associate's degree, girl. Southwest Tennessee Community College goes to Lukey's. It's great. Get that. And David kept joking. He was like, do you get a pay cut if you go down a degree for your second degree? And so do that and then do some graphic design for that company. Again, like my soul is dying. It was a bad situation. And then finally one day I was like, that's it. I'm quitting. We had like a very tiny amount of money in savings. I had just like a big dream and a like, okay, if I don't do this now, now or never. Cried for like two weeks because I was so just like anxious of like, how am I going to go from like two incomes to one? And like part of me was like, oh, easy in three months. I'll make, I have my old salary. like in the bank and like, it'll be so easy. And then part of me was like, I can't make this. So quit. I did not get up to my original salary in the first three months. It took a while, but I just like started like beating the bushes. Like Facebook was a thing. Then a lot of people on Facebook started a built business on like Facebook and started a blog and did like every art festival and anything that came up. I did. I just threw everything at the wall trying to make it happen. And just gradually, it was a very like gentle, organic growth things started growing. I started honing my style. And then eventually it just became like, I mean, within the first year it was profitable, but I just had no idea what I was doing. And I was just painting whatever I thought people wanted. And finally I was like, screw it. I'm just going to paint what I want. And then it was really surprised to see like just how well people responded to that. And it's just been like growing ever since. And my audience has just been really kind. Like a lot of people who have been with me since the very beginning, like it's so funny to look at like what I was doing then versus what I do now. We're still around and still purchasing and just been a really sweet journey and like the fact that I get to wake up every day and do this as like a, a real job like which a lot of people still don't think it's a real job but it's a real job it's just great yeah yeah and you take a real paycheck from it like it's real cash money so it, I think it counts it pays bills yeah it's great I just think about like you know what would our life look like without my job and it would be really sad <laughs> like financially sad so yeah it's really neat when you think about like how you're contributing to your family. What is the deal with us believing that if we aren't, I don't know what the word is, in a profession, a, tradi- a traditional, I don't know even mm-hmm. what the word is, that mm-hmm. it's not a quote unquote real job. Isn't right. that right? Like if we don't go to like a real. What is a real job? And wear like real pantyhose. Who does that? Right. Mean? And get out of our black leggings. You don't. You always look cute, Hillary. I wish everybody could see. Animal <laughs> print is your love language. It is. I think leopards are neutral. I do. You and Amy Asaba. Hey, there's a question I got asked on the side note. Everybody, yeah. I got asked a question on a podcast years ago. This was not in the prep questions, but I want to know because you'll know the answer. I think okay. if you could be any animal, 
what animal would you be? I would be a flamingo, Shan. Duh. We've already had this. We did this at my house already. You are a flamingo. Wait, wait, you're, hold on, wait. I'm trying to remember which one you are. It's really sweet. It's not, it's not a teddy bear, is it? A bear? No, it's not. Duh. I will tell you what I answered on this podcast because I, so as for everybody listening, I send prep questions to our guests because of this podcast interview that I had years ago that like is traumatic in my brain where great question, but just let me think about it. And so I was like, I mean, I guess I would be a dog because, you know, like man's best friend, <laughs> I don't know what, whatever with dogs or Sadie, my dog, I would be a dolphin. I would totally be a dolphin because they are smart and they are playful. And that's like what I want to embody in life. Have you ever swam with them? I've never swam with them, but I've Mm -hmm. like been in a boat when they're around. Counts. (laughs) Counts. Okay. Back on track. Sorry, everybody listening. The animal print leggings got me off. So real job. Here we are. We're in it. Tell me about those early years. What were you painting? What were you charging? Did you have a sales goal? What was I doing back then? It's so hard to remember that far back. It feels like a lifetime ago. I was painting, I think I was just painting kind of what everybody else around me was painting. Like the, the whole like palette knife thing was very in. And I mean, I needed to bring in income. So like I was just, I think panic would have been like the best way to describe like the first year or so. Like just like, <laughs> like that. I just feel like that's just was kind of like the internal monologue of like, do whatever. Okay. Yes. This is come up. Let me do it. Let me do it. I'm going to paint this and I'll, yeah, I'll do that for you. And I, I've painted some weird stuff for people, but I mean, it paid the bills. And, but I think everybody's, every artist has to go on that trajectory. Like you try out a bunch of different hats and you see which one you like best. And then eventually, oh, what's the book? So good. Austin, I think Austin Cleon wrote it. Steal like an artist. So freaking good. Everybody needs to order it. He says that basically like stealing and copying is when you take, you emulate like one person's stuff, but like really great artists, you, you're pulling for like true creativity, true inspiration is you're pulling from like a hun- little bitty pieces from like a hundred different things. And then you have like a true original. And so like read that book, several others, and just really had to figure out, even though I had a big art background, not like an official degree, I still knew a lot. I didn't have the benefit of having been through a program and like honing my style and so I was doing that. I was like doing festivals. I was, I think my pricing was super, super low. I remember, yeah, I would just do a lot of like paintings for a hundred dollars and just like anything to make a sale. I had no idea how to price it. No idea if I was doing anything right. And then that's what I think you, you, I think I met you like four years in. I was like, yeah, I'm crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but I was like I have no idea like what I can actually pay myself like how much money I need to be leaving in this art account like no idea whatsoever and so learning my numbers especially like learning how to price per so like I used your model to teach myself how to like price per square foot because I was like how do I don't know how to like price product because everything I do is so different and that was just like a total game changer to have like an actual pricing list that I now reference of like okay I've run the numbers I know it gives me a 60% profit margin and then I go from there but I also learned this really cool thing from this really cool podcast like 
you're you're running your numbers of like, okay, yeah, this is getting me into like a 60% profit plus, but then there's also pricing for value. And that's one thing I've really started doing is like the value add is just that like this quote will tie in. Picasso would say when people would come up to him, they would say, how long did it take you to do this painting? And he would tell you the age that he was. So like right now, if you're getting one of my pieces, you're getting 38 years of experience and technique. And also like, I mean, it grows in value because like they increase in price over time because you're getting more and more greater work. And the really neat thing that I like to tell people too is like art is an investment. It's not like so many things that you purchase. It grows in value over time. And it's just one of the coolest things that you get to purchase like for yourself, for your home. Like it's just such an expression of you. And like, and the neat thing, another thing that adds value too is like my DNA is actually on this painting. Like if they swipe it years from now, like you might be able to find like particles of like hair or my, my fingerprint. Like you'll see fingerprints on the back sometimes, which I just think is, is just so incredibly cool. So learning to add like pricing for value as well, I think was revolutionary for me because I think we all, often carry those limiting beliefs of like, nobody's going to pay this much for art. Like there's no way. And like, just because I may not pay that doesn't mean somebody else will not value it the same. And also, like, I have to. My hours are so limited. I have two small children. Like, if I have to pay bills to keep them fed and clothed and at school. And so there's a certain price point that I have to hit in order to make it worth my time to even keep doing this job. Yeah. Mm, that's so good. So we met in 2015. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was, like, five weeks pregnant. Like, nobody else knew I was pregnant except for my blueprint girls. No, that was so sweet. So many little cedar. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm pretty sure. I know. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were pregnant at that workshop. What would you say? Kind of figuring out your pricing. It sounds Mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. And then, what were some other kind of key moments in those first few years of business that you saw started seeing traction? Was it growing? Was it Instagram or Facebook or? marketing wise or just kind of walk me through what you felt like was going really well I think anything you do consistently and you start to do it well I started getting a following just of like collectors and then word of mouth is so powerful and then I want to say 2015-ish 14-15 Instagram became like an actual thing and it was so different now. Like it's, it's a totally different animal, but like then you could just post beautiful pictures and you would get all these followers <laughs> and like people would see anytime you posted, every person who followed you would see it. It was just like the glory days. And so I remember I actually, Emily Jeffords was like really starting to like take off about that point. And I remember at the time, you ready for this? She had 2,500 followers. And I was like, I'm at the time, at the time, that was like, oh my gosh, she has made it. And so I think I remember doing like, apparently I was like her first like artist consult call or whatnot. And she was so sweet. She put like together this little like presentation for me and it was adorable. And basically she was like, just like be the feed you want to follow. And like several, like I have several like key takeaways from that conversation that I've translated into like, just like marketing in general. And I always feel like I'm just kind of, a natural born marketer, like whatever that like strengths finder test, like I score high and like the hype, whatever that I can just. Get oh, the out. hype. That's so you, Hillary. Don't you want this? You know, you seven want Enneagram. Yeah. And so, but basically just kind of like taking that and applying that like 
oh, I don't know why. It just never occurred to me. Like, if you want people to follow you, you need to post really pretty stuff. And so it just changing, started changing my feed. And then there's like, it just started like just growing, like massively growing. And so that's really fun. And so to this day, Instagram is still one of my top places people find me. And uh, you're asking like what other things. Like kind of how you started seeing traction. So marketing wise, and then it sounds like you got your pricing right. Got my pricing right. And I think just like my mailing list, I think it got really serious about like really nurturing my mailing list and just kind of, I feel like once that reached a certain number, I had a, you know, a big enough of people who were really interested in my work and they just started becoming like to some of my most faithful clients, like return clients have been some of the best. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that was really it. Word of mouth, Instagram, mailing list, like really nailing those down and then just kind of the natural snowball that business takes. So would you say that until the last couple of years, which I want to get into, did the business just kind of continually day in, like slow growth, day in, day out, mm-hmm. doing the work, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. making a little more each year? Or were there any like, whoa, this changed everything moment? There really weren't. Like, I feel like I was just waiting. I feel like the story that we all hear or want to hear is like, and then I got featured here and then I made a million dollars. Like, I think I was waiting for that moment. And it was really just like a million different little moments. Like this feature here, I was on this podcast and somebody heard me and asked me to do this and connected here and here. You know, it was just consistently showing up, doing the work, very organic growth over just a long period of time. And that's been like, it's been consistently upward every year, which is, but I think, I think every year it's gone upward. Can't think of any year until this year, but I've had a dip. And the last year was a big bump because of all the people still stuck on their homes with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wish I could tell you some like big, fantastic. No, I actually, I love that. This is the conversation Reference this in another podcast interview, so I should probably watch some different movies. But you know that movie, like, he's just not that into you, love. <laughs> and he says, you're not the exception, you're the rule. Like, Ooh. that's, you know, this this moment of, like, we all focus on the exception, but what is mm-hmm. the rule? And you are the exception, Hillary. You are just, you're the exception. You yeah. are exceptional. But mm-hmm. just this idea of a lot of business is just showing up day in, day out doing the work, doing the thing, and it grows with time. And I I think we don't talk about that enough because we want shiny and flashy and fast. Yeah, but I think my question has always been for me. And honestly, the fact that I've been doing this for 11 years is celebratory. I was talking with our dear friend Katie Bryant recently. I called her one day in just a panic because I was... Like I have recently discovered, like I've kind of known this for a while, but like recently discovered like the true depth, like I have ADHD and it's real. Four to five Americans suffer from this daily, Shannon. <laughs> so I, it is real. It is real. And so like sometimes I can be so envious of like friends like you who can just like sit down and just like hammer it out. You're so focused and you have these goals. And she was even joking. She was like, I want to start a platform for like business for the rest of us. And I was like, I'm on board. I'm there, Katie. Do it. And we both agreed it would last about three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be on. Moving on. That's client. Three weeks, Katie. Where (laughs) am I going with this? ADHD. I was in a spiral. I called Katie. The fact that we have actually stayed in the game consistently this long is quite miraculous. And sometimes I forget what a huge, huge hurdle that in and of itself is. 
But then again, like, I don't know what I would do if I wasn't an artist. I like ask myself that just like for like a fun question all the time. I'm like, I think my career could have gone a thousand different ways, but I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Why would I want to do anything different? Even in a weird year where it's really frustrating. Yeah. On moments where you get bored or tired or burnout or because that's all inevitable. How have you kept yourself having fun or in the game? Gilmore Girls in the studio. (laughs) Now I do. I really do. I turn it on. I sometimes I get really, really, really angsty and antsy, and I have a lot of work to do. And I turn on, I turn on Gilmore Girls, like a podcast. Our friends, Lorelai and Rory. Yeah, they're they're my they're. I don't have work friends. They're my friends. Yeah. Um. That, but like that's no, but like that's just kind of like a, a daily practical thing. What has kept me going in those seasons? Honestly, I think it's just practically like I have to pay bills and I just shoot, like David calls it was shooting through the slump. I know it's a basketball term and I really think that's it. Just the like, and then too, I think it's play a lot of it's play and it's like, okay, I like freaking hate being in here today. What I'm going to do something really fun. And then, then like, I remember Hemingway had this amazing process where he would always end his work day in the middle of something really exciting so that he would be really excited to show up the next day. And so I have really tried to emulate that of like a mixture. I'm ending working on a fun piece so that I'm really psyched to show up in the studio the next day. That's so fun. Okay. Tell me what your work days look like now. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I just want to talk about like with kiddos and stuff and what your work days look like. And then I want to talk about this yeah. year. Yeah. And this lump. I basically have my to-do list and I try to section them out. And it's really just like what has to be done next that is income producing. And so sometimes it's painting. Sometimes it's computer work. I did a lot of computer work today. Sometimes it's again, and two, like I think I'm also training myself, I think, to view Instagram a little bit differently. It's not just a selling platform, it's relationship building. And so like today I was on there like nurturing some relationships, asking some business questions. I think I'm starting to learn it as a, a, to a really helpful tool, client relations, things like that. So I was doing a bunch of that today. So I was trying to break it up. I was like, okay, I need to be on the computer for this amount of time. And then I have to go in the studio for X amount of hours. And then I'm talking with Shannon this afternoon. Like I really try to segment it out. And if I have to, like, sometimes it's just like, I've got to see a real life person and make a human yeah. connection, whether it's like for business or personally. Um, I realized that this year, I was like, I am on a deficit after this whole COVID thing. And I've just been really trying to make some time, maybe like once or twice a month to like have coffee with a friend. And so I try to do that like right after drop off. So like I drop my kids off at school by like 8.15 and then I race home or I'm at the gym. And like I, I do that really fast. And then I just like jump in the studio and get as much as I can. So if I'm meeting somebody, I try to do that like right after drop off or right before I go pick them up so that I can just keep a steady workflow. Yeah. But I mean, and as far as like what when I'm in the studio working, it could be so many different things. Like some days I'm packaging art to send. Some days I'm like working on a new collection. Sometimes I'm working on a commission. Sometimes I'm just kind of playing with somebody, playing with somebody with an idea just to see where it goes. Yeah. It could be a myriad of different things. But like the really neat part, though, that I love about what I do is like I can be so tired and so weary and just be like, I'll just be sick today. And I'll just walk in and I smell the studio and like something happens in my brain and like I just wake up and I just turn on. It's crazy. Like sometimes if I have to grab something at night, I walk in there and like two hours later I've been painting on something just because it's just like that was like that conditioned response just like kicks in. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. 
And I think that's so good because sometimes I think it's real to acknowledge, like, I don't want to work today. No. And when you work from your home and there's plenty of other things I could be doing at my home other than Mm -hmm. working. Because I pass through a really filthy house all the time and it's so stressful. We live with three boys, so. Is my house ever going to be clean again, Jana? Okay. Well, walk me through this here, Hillary. Mm -hmm. And what you've seen going on and like the good things, the challenges. Yeah. I would love to hear about that. Yeah. I would say the good things that have been going on, like the challenges, like the challenges being just the flow sales. The good things were, it was really fun to, um, my galleries were really good to me this year and uh, I did a lot of work for them this summer. We got to take a fun trip to Florida to drop off a bunch of work at a gallery there. So that was just really fun to take my kids to the beach. Like they had never been before. And like we totally surprised them and put them in their car in their pajamas at 4 a.m. And when they woke up, we told them we were going and they were like, this is the greatest thing ever. And we're like, yeah, we know. We're amazing. And we, but it was just so fun. Like I loved it that it was just a chance for them to see like mom's job is for vacation. And like we went to the gallery and saw the work and they just got to see a little bit more of what I do. And I just think it's so important for them to see their parents at work, especially their moms. You know, life just doesn't appear to you. You have to work really hard for these things. And so that was really, really fun. A definite highlight of this year. And the gallery ended up selling most of the stuff that I brought like super fast. And that was just this huge shot in the arm for just like a, a year that had been pretty slow. And But it's just been really good. I would say like pivot wise, like I have I had a goal this year. You ready? Mm-hmm. Where I had some visions for some pattern design that I've wanted to do from some new pieces that I've been playing with. And so my goal was by December... I was going to work out a proposal and send it out to some licensing agency. And so I finished that up by August. And so I'm working, I'm in the middle of sending that out to any licensing agency. So if there's anybody out there listening who would like to hire Hillary Butler, you please give me a call. Um, So I got that done. And then I'm also just like really, I think, exploring like what would more like as far as like when I think about sustainability, like I just like my kids are only getting busier, like the energy I have towards this job is just like just feels ever more limited every day like how could this be more sustainable so even just thinking through like what would even like some wholesale prints look like for somewhere like high-end boutiques and and maybe some like limited edition runs of some pieces I'm just I'm trying to think more licensing but in an upscale way I want to be really careful how I do this I don't want to be like at Hobby Lobby or no offense to anyone who has art at Hobby Lobby there's a lot of money in that but definitely kind of like maintaining that luxury brand type thing. And so I'm just really excited with some of the brainstorms that I've been having. Cause I feel like for so long, I was just so stuck and like, I had like the same three ideas that were like coming to me and it was, I was just like on a loop and I just needed that loop interrupted. And so I think the whole licensing thing, anyway, that has been like super, super exciting. And then two, another, the biggest thing is really, it's really pushed me out of my studio and got me doing live events more. Like last weekend I did live painting I'll have done like three live paintings this holiday season for like this big home show in town. I applied for a show in Nashville next spring. And just like, that's how I got started. Like, and that's how I gathered so many clients was those in-person interactions and relationships. And like, it's just been so nice the past couple of years to just kind of hide in the studio and sell things behind a screen. But like, ultimately that's not sustainable long-term. So it's been good. Like, it's always good. Like, I think I was reading somewhere, somebody said, like, don't waste a good crisis. And I thought that was just really, really good advice, like business-wise. Like, yeah, you could like sit in the corner and ball your eyes out or you can get busy 
tweaking things because like, and two, like I love, I don't know about you. I love listening to business wars. Do you Wait, what to- is business wars? This is so good. Wondery puts it out. Okay. You got to listen to it. It's so good. But just listening to. It's a podcast? Podcast. Yeah. And it's okay. massive, massive companies like Walmart versus Target, Coca-Cola versus Pepsi. Like these companies that have like been around for a hundred years. And it's always so encouraging to me to hear their story. And like, if you want to be around longer than like a minute, you're going to have to pivot with the times. And like, I think they did like a Mars versus Hershey's was one of my favorites. And it was just so cool to hear about how like they were in competition with each other, but it made them so much better when they couldn't just keep doing what they'd always been doing before. Oh, and such a perspective shift right there. So good. So good. Like it just makes you so much better. So I just feel like, although it's been like a frustrating year, it's been so good for me mentally. Like like my, my mind feels like fresher than it's been in a really long time because I had just hit the autopilot for several years. And part of that was just out of necessity. Like COVID was just so stressful and it was just such a gift from the Lord to just be able to like coast through some of the worst of that. And now it's like, all right, girl, buckle your seatbelt. Let's go. So I'm really excited about 2023 and all the new fun changes that I'm making. I'm really excited too. And two comments on that. One is I think when we had a launch that didn't go as we had hoped, this beautiful byproduct of that was getting, like making things even better, like makes me so excited. Changes we're making now for 2023. And okay, so I have three comments. So that's one, it makes you get innovative and creative and pushes you. So that's a great number two, the comment you made about selling behind a screen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember I started in finance, picking up the phone where Mm -hmm. our goal is 40 phone calls a day. 40 phone calls a day to people you don't know. Hi, I'm Shannon Skidmore. I'm a financial. Blah, 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 blah. I could use my script right now. And I don't think all business owners, and especially business owners who have started, I mean, business is hard, growing a business is hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the environment the last few years has been like a different way of business. You know what I mean? And so now it's going back, I think. I think that it's swinging back to relationships big time. Oh, yeah. Well, I've, I've predicted for a long time that we're going to see a giant social media crash, like all of it, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, just because like- You heard it here first, folks. The non-economist, <laughs> non-social degree, like just like human beings sitting here, like feeling just this massive panic of content overload. Like we all, it's so easy to sit and scroll, but it's like, it's harder and harder and harder to stand out in a world where everyone is screaming at you. And somebody told me recently that like the most fought for the, basically the thing that everyone is fighting for right time right now, it's not your money, it's your attention. And I thought that was so fascinating that they were saying that the highest, highest sought commodity, that's what I was looking for is, is our attention. And I was like, Oh, 100%. And it's just create, it's just like, we're just becoming like these just crazy people. So yeah. So I'm excited to actually like, and we were just made for community and we were made to actually talk to like a real person. And it's so funny because I can't tell you how many pieces I've sold to other people that I've met and they really haven't even seen much of my work. They want to buy something because they like me and they've enjoyed talking with me and people want, like they want a piece in their home that tells a story and they can be able to say like, I'm this artist and she's really nice and here's why she does what she does. And so it's just, it's just exciting to think about like selling a real product to a real person you can actually like see and talk to. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. I was doing another interview and 
they were saying, the person was saying, I don't do what Instagram in particular, not to demonize Instagram, but with impressions. I don't show up enough and I don't stay on there long enough mm-hmm. to be rewarded. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, yeah, they they are now rewarding attention and keeping someone's attention. We could go on a whole rabbit trail there, but the last third, the third thing I wanted to point out is I feel like we all, I mean, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but like, when am I going to make it? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to just make it. And mm-hmm. I think we all just want to make it. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of wonder, does anyone feel like oh, I've made it? Like, I don't know if there's mm-hmm. ever, a pl- like, you can make it and then just coast it out. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to feel like I've made it. Yeah. But I think the interesting thing is, even having done this 11 years, you look back and you realize, like, oh, I was making it all along. Yes. I was making a good living. I was making great art. I was making great relationships with people, clients and colleagues and so forth. Like, that's making, and I'm literally in my studio making art and making You're making it. And that was just like a bomb that you just dropped, which was so good. You were making it all along. I'm going to write. You were making it all along. It'll be an inspirational tale. I was, when I worked in finance, you know this story, but I had a mentor tell me if you don't want to make more money, you're just lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until years later that I was like, my first year in finance, I made more money than my parents. I mean, that tears me up. Even now I get choked up thinking about that. Like my parents ever made my mm-hmm. first year as like a 21 year old. And then I left almost every day at round three, went to the gym. Like I was making it. I was mm-hmm. making it all along. And I always mm-hmm. felt like a failure because I wasn't mm-hmm. That's why I'm so passionate now, you know, about goal setting and just defining enough and shaped my whole philosophy. So don't waste a good crisis right there. Yeah. Well, and I remember, I think my biggest takeaway, I think I've told you this before, from that first summit in 2015 was you were the first person in the whole like business world who had ever, I'd ever heard say like you have to find enough work for enough, like make that your baseline. And then go from there. Like, and I just remember sobbing at that conference, just thinking like, cause I was just so terrified of like, I have to make more, I have to make more. Like, when's it going to ever be enough? Like I have to, have to compete with like this person who I think is just like really crushing it. And you just gave, you gave us the freedom to work from a place of just contentment. And that was like, I just need, I don't know about like my personality. I needed somebody to sign off on that and say like, it's totally okay to do this. You can get off that hamster wheel. This is a real job. Yeah. I still feel like sometimes the hamster will, but I need that number gives mm-hmm. me rest. It makes mm-hmm. me breathe because mm-hmm. more feels so suffocating to me. Like that's how I got when I worked in finance. It was like when you see every person as a prospective mm-hmm. buyer, it feels like you never get to turn off. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like seeing people as my next sell. That was hard. So maybe that's where all that comes from. Man, what an awesome conversation we've had here, Hillary. Thanks for sharing all of your 11 years of business genius. Hey, I do. You are wonderful. You know, I love you. And thank you for sharing even the hard of this year. I actually am hearing from a lot of people that this year has, there's, there's going to be some massive shifts happening. You heard it here first, everybody. Predictions today. <laughs> Make t-shirts. But I think it's good. Like it's, it's letting all of us business owners, entrepreneurs, like get our elbows out and let's like, let's go. We got this, you know? 
Hey, I want to end with, yeah. we're going to do a quick fire round, but I always like to hear what's the best thing that you've ever learned about money. Ooh, I think, I think, like I said before, that it can be enough. Is it beyond, like, that's just like freedom beyond freedom right there. Because not many people, even, and like the faith that you and I share are going to tell you that. Yeah. I'm just like sitting, I'm like, I need to take my own advice some days too. I need to hear yeah. it again. Hear it's it again. So hear it again. I really that all the time. Yeah. I need it all the time. Because like, there's always more money to be made. There's always, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to trust and sit and like, that's my philosophy. That's literally like my philosophy. I teach it every day of my life and I believe it, but I still have to accept it and re-accept every day. Yeah. Because it's, it's not cultural. Well, you know, I was just really, I just had time on a drive recently and I just like got with the Lord and I was just really praying. I was like, you know what? I haven't prayed in a long time. It's like, Lord, what do you want from me? Normally it's like me being like, here's what I need from you. Let me check off some boxes. And it was really just like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling terrible. I haven't really asked the question, like, where would you have me in this season? And I really didn't get many answers, but the only thing, and the thing I keep hearing him saying to me over and over and over again is like, will you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? And most days my gut really honest answer is like, I don't. And I really need you to help me trust you because like I, at the end of the day, I'm trying to control all this and it's not going so well. And I like to be in control. Like, God, this kid, until I mess it up big time. I know. Oh, Hillary, that's so good. Thank you for sharing. I feel so much of that deep in my soul, but mm-hmm. trust, you know, it was my word at that retreat in 2015. I still have the picture Ooh. of me holding that little sign. Ooh, trust has always been my thing, what I struggle with. And yeah, especially I think in seasons where it's not going as we had planned or it didn't go mm-hmm. like it went last time or whatever it is. It's like, maybe it's nothing went wrong. It's just maybe nothing went wrong. Like we're just going to try something new. This is good. And I I think my big takeaway from our conversation today is like growth will always be required Mm -hmm. in business. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, maybe am I just crazy and silly, but I guess I just didn't know that going in, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. just, it's always going to shift and pivot and, Mm -hmm. and grow. And it's not just like one way the rest of time. We're going to do it this one way the rest of time. <laughs> well, I was talking with a mentor recently and it was in the middle of, of a really great year. And I was like, this is great, but this is so hard. And she goes, it is, isn't it? And I, I thought she was going to be like, yeah, just but wait until you get to this point and it's going to get easier. And she does really well in her business. And she was like, yeah, it, it's hard. Every day is really hard. And I was like, I was very encouraged and very discouraged at the same time. Like that's what I would go back and tell younger Hillary of like, there's not going to get a point in which you can just hit the easy button and it's going to be great. It's just your challenge. It's always going to be challenging. It's going to look really different in each season. There's always going to be the next challenge. Yeah. Mm, okay. That's good. Let's quick fire. Do Let's it. Quick fire. Hot seat it. <laughs> okay. What is one thing, Hillary, one only that you would be embarrassed if people knew? How many things? Just how gross my shower is right now. <laughs> Don't tell anyone, Chan. I won't tell. I promise. No one, one will hear. Well, no one will know. <laughs> okay. Use a different shower. That's what I do. Just bump to the next. <laughs> yep. Okay. yep. All right. Any regrets or wish you could do over moments? In business or in life? Bring it on either way. Well, there was this like little purse that I had when I was like six. It had little hearts on it and I was Still miss it. 
So I would go back in time and I would just put that in a place where I could find it after the last time that I remember seeing it. And you're still <laughs> thinking about it. Still thinking about it. I think you should look it up. eBay probably has one. They probably do. It was so cute. Yeah. All right. I love it. Biggest win or pinch me moment. Okay. This is really weird. So this was several, several years ago. I was eating lunch with a friend, middle of the week. I looked really gross. I was one of my days where I wasn't working and that my oldest was really little and we're sitting at this restaurant eating and all of a sudden this girl walks up to me and she's like, are you Hillary Beller? And I was like, yes. She was like, I followed you for a really long time and I live in Georgia and I'm here visiting my sister and I have been a huge fan of your work. And she was totally fangirling and I was freaking out because I was like, what is happening? What is happening? <laughs> like somebody, one, they wrote you. They fangirled me, but also like they recognized me looking this gross. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but it was just really sweet. Of like somebody out of town actually had like taken the time to like follow me enough to know what I looked like. And it was just, it was incredibly humbling and honoring and definitely like what is happening. And it makes you think twice when you go out in public now when you haven't showered. Yeah. Right. Just always check the bottom of your feet for some toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, best advice you've ever received or just really good advice? It's going to take time. Just with anything in life, it's going to take time. I need a t-shirt made of that. Hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Nothing comes overnight. Put that in the HB swag shop. No, oh, you already made it, book. I'm going to add that to it. You've already made it. Okay, I love it. Last quick fire question. What are you working on now? And or one resource you want to share? I am working on this really, really, really fun new series. It's a giant pivot from what I normally do. I had to have several people like talk me off a ledge to even post it. It's, but they're so fun. And I'm so glad I've done it. This like square prism series. And they're super colorful, semi-monochromatic, not necessarily. And they're really big. And it's the first design I've ever come up with that works vertically and horizontally. So it's just a really easy it's just like an easy win of a piece because often somebody's like, I love it, but I need it this way. And I'm signing it in the corner. It's, 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 it's genius, Shannon. It's just genius. <laughs> but uh, just kidding. Super, super excited about that. And a resource that I want to share, if people are Instagram followers, it's an account that if you were on Instagram, it's totally your account. And I think I've sent you screenshots from it. It's called Philosophy of Leisure. And it's 100% this mentality that you teach of just like, you have enough. And they just even like they post a lot of practical things like, you know, if you're getting extra money in certain seasons, like don't increase your living expenses, increase your savings so that you can live a rich life continuously. And it's just basically like you creating a rich life, not necessarily like with tons of money, but just like enjoy, like really, really enjoying life. And it's just like the most refreshing feed on the planet. I love that. Hillary, when does your Prism series drop? Not really sure. Sometime like maybe early 2023. Okay. Ooh. Okay, good. Let me know. Keep me posted. I will. Thanks, Ron. This has been so fun. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. And I love just having our, y'all just have our little non-coffee chat. I wish we had coffee, but you don't even drink coffee. Whatever. Let's send it off with what would you tell yourself going back to day one of your art business? I think I would tell her you're going to make it. You are going to make it. This is going to work. And it's going to be way Harder and way better than you ever anticipated. Stick with it, cupcake. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> call myself cupcake. All right, cupcake. That was so fun. Uh, thanks for your time today, Hillary. I'm just, Brand. I'm grateful for you and our journey. We've been together um, a good 
seven, almost eight years now. What? That's true. BFF That's for true. life. Friendship continues. Yeah. And the journey goes on. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye, friend. Bye. Hey, Wildflower, you just finished another episode of Consider the Wildflowers, the podcast. Head over to considerthewildflowerspodcast.com for show notes, resource links, and to learn how you can connect with Hillary. I'm going to send it off today with a little fist pump from my good friend, Hill. Stick with it, Cupcake. As always, thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.